0: plushcare.com slash weight loss hello and welcome back to another episode of the how to save our planet podcast in this episode it's very timely i'm sitting down with the inspiring founder of plastic free july rebecca prince ruiz We delve into the origins of Plastic Free July and the importance of reducing your plastic consumption. Rebecca has created a global movement with over 140 million people participating. Last year, we're about to get the stats for this year, but we've still got a couple more days to reduce the amount of single-use plastic that you're consuming. Anyway, let's just get into it. So thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca. I'm so excited to talk to you and find out even more about what's going on with Plastic Free July. But first of all, let's rewind a little bit. And could you please share with us the story behind the inception of Plastic Free July?
1: Thanks, Lottie. So people are often interested in in learning this, this story. And to be honest, you know, the truth of it is, and never set out to start Plastic Free July. It all started when I visited a recycling facility, so the actual sorting facility where the contents of our yellow bin goes when they're collected each fortnight. And I'd been to landfill sites plenty of times before when I was a kid. I was always having to go to the tip with my dad, so I knew what they were like. And When I went to a recycling facility, I was blown away by a few things. Firstly, just the sheer volume of what we produce, you know, seeing my waste with my neighbours and everyone in my street or my suburb, and then starting to learn about that complex energy intensive process of sorting it into different material types, baling it up and then shipping it to, transporting it to where it was going to be recycled. And I think for me, I'd always felt really good about recycling. And don't get me wrong, recycling, obviously, it's important and we should recycle. But I suddenly in that moment realised the most important thing I could do was actually reduce. So refuse as much as possible and and reduce and reuse. And that was going to make the most difference. And, And I also learned some of the particular challenges around recycling plastic. And look, this was back in June in 2011 when people weren't talking about uh, recycling and waste like like we are now and single use wasn't even a term so when I went to put out my my recycling that night I could picture where it was going to go and I knew that the less that I put in there the more of a difference I was going to make so I decided the next month that I was going to try and avoid plastic and not all plastic just single use plastic and it grew from there, from just a small handful of people trying to make a difference.
0: No, I think it's really interesting your point there because we do look at recycling and I feel like more people need to go to these facilities to see the sheer volume and that's what I like to kind of remind people of is that Recycling isn't the solution, but in Australia, we seem to be absolutely obsessed with it. We love putting things in the yellow bin and those endorphins that come off when we kind of go, yes, I am doing the right thing. But the best thing is, as you just said, to refuse and to reduce that consumption as well. So it was July just the next month? And that was just why it's Plastic Free July?
1: Absolutely, I would never have chosen July (laughs) if I had a thought about it. It just happened to be the next month. We we didn't even call it Plastic Free July, it just became known as that and I was working in local government in waste education and it was a a regional council that managed waste and on behalf of a number of member councils. And so there are about 40 of us that decided we'd give it a try, some of my colleagues and a network of volunteers And friends and we just did it together we shared ideas and supported each other and I think that's what made it successful because look as any of your listeners will know that have ever tried to reduce their waste or avoid plastics it's really tough but by doing it together we could share ideas and solutions so someone would say oh you know where do you buy pasta without plastic packaging someone would say well this brand is in cardboard box or here you can buy it bulk or here's my nonna's recipe and by sharing that and also supporting each each other and having conversations you know back then no one was saying I don't want to drink plastic straw in my drink so we you know talked about how we could be how we could ask those questions without getting two straws in our drink which is what happened to me the first time that I asked.
0: (laughs) So ridiculous I think that is it's really interesting thinking back, back then, like when I first started my journey, that was in 2018, and I felt like I was one of the few people doing it, let alone I can imagine in 2011, the kind of hurdles you would have come up against being kind of one of those really, really early adopters. So for our audience who haven't heard about Plastic Free to Lie before and the growth that you've experienced Do you have a couple of statistics or kind of a couple of milestones that you can share with our listeners just so that they can kind of grasp the enormity of what you've created?
1: Yeah, look, I'm still trying to come to terms with that myself. So it's really grown by word of mouth from those original 40 people to 400 the next year and 4,000 and we started just really sharing solutions and sharing ideas motivated by the problem but not focusing on the problem. And, you know, it's certainly not because of any advertising budget. And last year we know that 3.6 million Australians took part, uh, joining 140 million people around the world. And we know they're making a difference. We know that 90% of people are making changes beyond July that become habits or a way of life. And we know that it has impact. So we know that like waste avoidance, you know, we always hear this reduce, reuse, recycle hierarchy and then we focus on the recycling or we focus on the cleanups. And whereas we know that last year participants avoided around the world 2.6 million tons of waste, including 300 million kilos of plastic. So that's To put that in perspective we just did a calculation just a back of the envelope stat recently that's more that's like 40 times more impactful than 12 of the world's biggest cleanups put together. So everyone likes to talk about the, you know the ocean cleanup with the big array in the (laughs) so-called Great Pacific garbage patch. Well waste avoidance is so much more impactful than that like we can't clean up the ocean and I think cleanups have a role in terms of raising awareness but at the end of the day we can't recycle or clean up our way out of a problem which is essentially the result of the fact that we're using and consuming too many resources. So we know that every year humanity is using the resources of 1.75 planet Earths and if everyone lived like the average Australian We'd need 4.5 Earths. So to me, Lottie, really the single-use plastics issue that has really captured people's concern and kind of hearts and minds about wanting to change is really a kind of a gateway into looking at our overall consumption and the throwaway society that we have become so I think, you know, in this journey over the last, you know, I've been on over the last 12 years has has really taught me that people care about this issue and Plastic Free Light offers them something to do about it and we're very much focused on not a few people being perfect but lots of people making small changes and we know that, that when that happens together that that can have a big impact, not just that amount of waste avoided, but in terms of the change, the cultural change that happens that then puts pressure on business and government to act.
0: I think there's some really interesting points that you raise there, and I love that you've actually got some quantifiable statistics on waste avoidance because it is so easy to kind of look at how much rubbish you're consu- you're putting in the bin or look at the waste that you're creating. But it's really hard to calculate how little you're creating and kind of the, the changes that you've made. We've got a display here in the window at the moment that has kind of 365 single-use coffee cups to kind of say, this is what you consume in a year, make the switch. And somebody came in and they said, I've been using a reusable coffee cup for years. And she said, that just makes me feel like I'm actually doing the right thing. But it's so hard because you don't see that. You make the swap, you make the change and you literally see nothing (laughs) at the end of the day for it, which is what we want, but where we want to see the difference. We want to see the, the loss and kind of see the difference in that bin, which I think when you're at home, you do see, but often the single use plastics you consume, you don't throw them in your bin at home to see the reduction in that landfill bin. So it is really, yeah. It's an interesting point that you raise there. I want to understand as well because I imagine that this journey that you've been on for the past 12 years hasn't always been completely smooth sailing and as Plastic Free July has grown to 140 million people around the world, what are the biggest challenges that you've faced and how have you had to navigate through those?
1: I mean, look, obviously there's, the, you know, with any campaign like this there's there's the challenges in running the there's always challenges in 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 running the campaign and supporting this now global movement and there's challenges you know but for me the biggest challenges are really you know how do we make a change how do we make more change how do we get more people involved and how do we transition our society away from using materials just once and throwing them away and for me the kind of, I guess the biggest challenges I think you know we it's safe to say over the last decade we've become as a society aware of the plastic pollution and waste crisis but we don't yet have all the solutions so really I think finding those solutions and scaling solutions is is one of the big challenges Look, as I said, when I started it, I was working in local government and because Plastic Free July uh, here here in, in Perth in Western Australia and as it quickly spread beyond our council boundary across our state and nationally and then internationally, really within 12 months, I spent more and more of my own time working on this project. So in 2017, we transitioned to a not-for-profit, structure or for purpose, as we prefer to to think of it. And it's absolutely the right structure for it. But I, to be honest, I'd have to say, getting funding for waste avoidance is a big challenge. Because like you said, Lottie, like we have nothing to show for success. For us, success is an empty bin. And I think, you know, if you're working in the space of cleanups or crowdsourcing, cleanups, you know, stuff out of the ocean or crowdsourcing for a a single-use biodegradable whatever to replace single-use plastics. I think that's a lot easier to do, to be honest, and actually help fund behaviour change and, and focus on that. So every single waste policy I've ever read and waste strategy or plastic strategy starts with avoidance but the focus so they'll say that in this in their objectives but then when they, you look at the resourcing all of the waste avoidance starts at the curb how do we stop it from going in the landfill bin to being recycled not how do we help people and set up the system such as reuse and refill schemes that are stop us using this material for single use in the first place so really you know that's our biggest challenge but I you know look I would say also I think it's important to reflect back to where we were 12 years ago like we did not we had one state in this country that had a plastic bag ban we had one state with a container deposit scheme now we're the first continent that's banned lightweight bags once Victoria and Tasmania Come on board will be the first continent, I believe, with container deposit schemes in every state and territory and lots of single-use bans on problematic single-use plastics. So, look, I think, you know, we have come a long way. You know, when I started, if you were going to buy a shampoo bar or a reusable straw or a beeswax wrap, you would have to order that online from overseas and now you can buy those products in a supermarket. Sure, you know. (laughs) There is a lot of plastic packaging and we've got a big problem there in our supermarkets. But, you know, we have made a lot of change and I think we need to look back and reflect on that and the successes and not just focus on the challenges that we have ahead whilst acknowledging there are many. (laughs)
0: It is really hard, though, to stop sometimes and to kind of reflect, especially when you are looking at that empty rubbish bin, as you just mentioned before, because you get so caught up in the fact that there are so many fires to put out and you kind of, you think you've put one out and then another one pops up out of nowhere and you're just constantly being a fire brigade. Ever catch yourself
2: eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...
0: You're right, it's to kind of look at and going, well, there actually aren't the fires aren't as big as they used to be. And we are quicker at putting them out and we are getting more on top of it. So I know that it's probably not the perfect time to be talking about your vision for the future because you're in the thick of plastic free July at the moment. You're probably just trying to get through this month. But I do want to know if there is a future vision for plastic free July are there any upcoming initiatives or projects that you're working on or kind of what do you see as the future? For us,
1: we're very clear about the role that the Plastic Free Foundation and the flagship Plastic Free July campaign plays. It's to help people and organisations take action to reduce plastic waste. And I think that one of the reasons it has been so successful is that we're pretty unique in that this is a campaign that anyone, one, anywhere in the world, no matter who your circumstance, what your circumstances are, where you live, can take part in. And the, you know, it is successful because it's not just people doing it as individuals, but we have NGOs, community groups, businesses, councils, corporates. You know, every one from um, you know schools in India to uh, NASA's Johnson Space Center to Harrod's in London to diplomats taking part like it's there's really something for everything. So our focus is is firstly on making the foundation sustainable and developing our programs and and initiatives to help people and organizations in other, Countries and and cultures, and to help scale up. So, we aren't an organization that's out on the ground delivering, but I think we have a role. And and where we're the kind of work that we're now doing more of, I've just come back from 10 days in the Philippines. Um, We have a partnership with the CSIRO there supporting behavior change through creating resources and, and tools and so that uh, working with partners in country to adapt that for a, a, a local audience because, you know, whilst Plastic Free July is, is very successful internationally and we know it's much bigger in other countries, we're still largely delivering it in, in English. So we want to really be able to adapt our resources to meet the needs of communities around the world. Not only we're not talking about setting up offices in, in different countries, but doing that in clever ways through online technology and partnerships with other NGOs and multilateral agencies.
0: I think it's great and it just makes it even more accessible because. My whole thing is with living sustainably, you need to make it so easy that there's no reason for people not to do it. And I think that's what you're doing is you're taking away all of those barriers. You're just saying, just give us a month, just give it a try. If small steps will make a big difference. And if you do decide, well, I don't know, not decide, but if you do mess up, it's fine. Just get back up on the horse. And I think that's why it is so successful because you don't have those barriers. It's no sign up. You've got to run a marathon. You just have to stop using a single-use coffee cup for a month or single-use plastic bottles.
1: Exactly, and that's why we say when and because we always encourage people to sign up and and take the challenge and, and be part of our research. And we keep the barriers for entry as low as we can, so it's not about being perfect. It's try it for a day, try it for the week, try it for the month. Just try a few things and we and we know it works and I guess that's the other kind of part of where our focus is for the next few years is getting our message out to a wider audience and this is really a this is a campaign that's not aimed at environmental activists and, and advocates. There's a number of uh, NGOs doing very successful work in this space. We're really, tar- this is targeted at our mainstream, at the mainstream general public, you know, just ordinary people like like me that, you know, wouldn't, you know, I think a lot of people don't identify as environmentalists, but when you ask them about their values, everyone's concerned about plastics ending up in the ocean. No one's okay to see those images of wildlife being entangled in it or beaches littered with plastic. So we're appealing to those values and not, and not suggesting it's not a kind of a no message. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's a here, try this and, and really sharing ideas and sharing solutions. And I think, you know, I would, I've done a lot of exploring of this issue. And i am connected with lots of organizations um, around the world on different expeditions and and fellowships. And I think there's so much great there's so many amazing people and groups doing fantastic work to tackle this issue, but it's often very siloed, and I think we need to collaborate more and we need to share. And so rather than just those headlines of Airline removes 25 million pieces from their supply chains or business goes single-use, cut-free and avoids blah, blah. We try and share those stories so that uh, of how they did it, uh, what were the challenges, what were the barriers, how you overcame it and share ideas like reuse schemes because I think together we're greater than just the sum of the parts so the more that we find that we share solutions that's oh well this farmer's market in california is doing this and then one in wales would say oh yeah we could do that that too we'll set up a wash up station or or you know here's some good legislation for tackling single-use coffee cups and the, the more we can share that and celebrate the successes rather than just always focusing on the problem, I think the more impact we're going to have. And look, on that note, I feel like the this July and the next couple of the most important ever as governments worldwide negotiate the global treaty to end plastic pollution because at the end of the day, you know, whilst I'm... You know, I'm convinced that behaviour change is an important part of this cri- waste crisis and it's important to have that community shift and that culture change which is going to drive business and government. At the end of the day, we cannot keep producing plastic at the rate and pace that we are because it's increasing. We have to actually cap it and and reduce it and keep the plastic that is used within a circular economy. And this is a global issue that that knows no no boundaries and it really has to be tackled at a global level. So we're very big supporters of a strong and legally binding global plastics treaty and and are doing what we can to, to show the strong community support, I think, behind that change.
0: I think it's a great, Plastic Free July is such a great example of a grassroots movement and the impact that individuals can collectively have. And I think the fact that you're now involved in these conversations at a global scale and a global level is so inspiring. And it gives so many other organizations hope as well to kind of say, just one person has been able to create a global movement that is having such an amazing impact on so many different people. And it's such a simple concept. It's so simple that it just works so easily. And I think if we can start to see this rolling out, and you're right, across the next couple of years, it's going to be very interesting and exciting to see exactly what happens. So in your opinion, outside of the month of July, what are some of the most impactful ways that or actions that individuals can take to reduce their plastic waste?
1: Look, for me, it's, you know, July is just the beginning. July is about forming new habits, finding alternatives, and then, and keep on going with, with those behaviours. And I think the answer to that question, Lottie, really just depends on, on the individual. For some people, it might be as simple as starting conversations with, people in, you know, with friends and family or colleagues at work or uh, we've got a great Plastic Free Morning Tea initiative, which is a really positive way to get others in your workplace or your community involved in a a fun kind of non-threatening way. For other people it might be writing letters to a brand whose product you really like but you've become... Frustrated because you've realised just how much plastic packaging is is in there. Others have gone on to set up a a mug library or a cup exchange scheme at their at their work. It really varies with what people do. There's we're always one of the things we like to do post July is start to share the good work that lots of other NGOs and community groups doing to tackle this issue. So whether it's a group like yours and, and, and the great work that Banish is, is doing, Lottie, or uh, Take Three or Clean Up Australia, we encourage people to, uh, or Tangaroa Blue, we encourage people if they're wanting to do cleanups or just take individual steps to to pick up three pieces of of litter when they're out and about or at the beach. They're great programs to to get involved with and and be part of. And I think the other thing is just finding out what's in your community. This there really are so many great programs. Whether it's BYO container that's got a great website of places you can take to get by takeaway or by um, items in reusable containers or different plastic-free groups or transition towns or community gardens. There's so many organisations out there that are already (laughs) existing that are tackling the plastics issue, tackling the wider waste issue or tackling the, the biggest sustainability challenges facing our nation and look I'm I'm really excited to learn more about those some of those in this new season of the war on waste you know we don't always need to start something ourselves if we're wanting to bring others along with us on the journey you know look around what's out there and and make it and make a difference in your own way with what you can do and you know like you said it's not this is a marathon this is this isn't fixing something quickly overnight. We've got a long way to go on this issue.
0: Yeah, I think focusing on your circles of influence and kind of what you can have an impact on is something that is a really important point and I'd love to, yeah, love to share that message as well rather than kind of aiming for absolutely everything that you can't necessarily control. Focus on what is in your remit and what is around you and in your community. Now one final question for you that you're probably not expecting My goal for the Brad program is to get Brad Pitt as a global ambassador. How did you get Jack Johnson to be a global ambassador for Plastic Pre-July?
1: Oh, I just asked him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the amazing thing about this campaign is just, and I feel like we only know the tip of the iceberg of what goes on. So we just find people doing it. So I came across Jack's participation on Twitter. Gosh, I can't remember. It's probably 2017 or 2018, maybe. There was a poster on Twitter showing him having a selfie on the stage at Santa Barbara Bowl at a concert. And they, for plastic free July, given all the concert goers a reusable stainless steel pint cup. There was a selfie saying "Jack and the crowd are celebrating Plastic Free July." So yeah, got to know him, and and he uh, when he tours, his uh, his All at Once Foundation is fantastic at engaging with local charities working on plastic pollution or local food production. So we tabled at his concerts and
0: had a chat and just asked him. <laughs> Gosh, amazing. Okay, I'm going to go to a couple of red carpets and try and hunt Brad Pitt down. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Rebecca, and for the amazing work. I'm sure that lots of people who have listened to this episode today will be feeling extremely inspired to reduce and refuse that plastic for every month of the year, not just July. So thank you.
1: Thanks very much, Lottie.